Welcome to The Immigrant's Way with immigration attorney Margaret W. Wong. She came to America in 1969 and worked in various jobs while pursuing her education. After graduating from law school and being fired three or four times, she started her own law firm in 1977 with one desk and no secretary. In 40 years, she has built her immigration law practice into one of the largest in the United States. This podcast is her opportunity to help you achieve your American dream. She will be breaking down complex immigration law topics week by week. Follow her on social media at Margaret W. Wong and Associates for tips, news, and inspirational immigrant stories. Enjoy. Hi, my name is Margaret Wong, and here I'm going to talk about H-1B. The first question is, who is eligible to become a H-1B holder? So what is a H-1B? H-1B is a non-immigrant visa that allows you to work in America for up to six years. The first period is three years, so you can add pay the filing fee and ask for three years. So what happens if your contract is only for one year, like most of the doctor's contract, lawyer's contract, professor's contract, we are all for one year. You can still ask for three years, but after one year, the university or the hospital will give you a new contract. So maximum period of three years for each one filing, total maximum of six years. So you can work for different employers for concurrent H-1B. For example, I want to work for University Hospital for 10 hours, for Cleveland Clinic for 20 hours, or VA for 20 hours. You can do that. You can do concurrent H-1, you can do part-time H-1, but the period is only for three years, total six. H-1B cap actually is a recent phenomenon that started about 10, 15 years ago. I've been practicing for 45 years. So when we first started, we were like, huh? But now we're getting used to it. But every year, uh, immigration tweaks a little bit about the cap. So H-1B cap is very simple. The 65,000 maximum number of H-1B allowed for people that has bachelor's degree or the job requires a bachelor and 20,000 for people, for employers who require master's degree. So the alien, if they have a master's, they also qualify for two times. One is to do the master's first for the 20,000. And if you didn't get selected now, the master's people get selected into the bachelor's. There's a new proposed change regarding the way we select master's degree uh, through bachelor's degree under uh, our new current administration. If the e-web is up by April 1st, they're going to put all the master's degree people and the bachelor's people in the 65,000. And whoever doesn't get selected, only the master's go into the 20,000. So it really benefits more the people with a master's degree. That's what we call the H-1B cap. So how do I apply for H-1B? First, you need a job. Second, you have to have a bachelor's or master's or PhD degree. Third, if you don't have a degree, you have to have three to one progressive working experience. Number four, you have to pay prevailing wage. You also have to do LCA, labor certification attestation. That attestation is different from a PERM application. PERM is a labor certification. You have to advertise for the job for 90 days, 120 days versus LCA. You don't have to advertise for a job. But LCA by February and March is very slow. So you really need to file the LCA with the prevailing wage earlier. All this has to be done before April 1st because you have six months. Remember I told you earlier, the new year, can I accept another job when I got my H-1B? 
And that's an interesting question. It's like, do I have to remain married to my spouse when I get age four? Absolutely, you have to maintain the same job. All right, uh, when I got my H-1B. So for example, ABC company hired me, processed my H-1B and is approved. I need to work for ABC company on the same job, same location, same salary, and same everything, everything. It, you could be paid more, but you could not be paid less. You could not from a full-time job reduce yourself to part-time job. If you do that, you have to amend the H-1. Also, if you do that, so for example, my boss sold his business to his brother. Can I still work there? It depends. If they only sold the business with the same federal ID number, you could definitely work there. But if they only sold the, the liabilities or the assets or both, then you have to check the company. Is that a merger? Is that acquisition? Is that a division of different properties? Then you need to talk to a good lawyer because each situation requires a separate answer. If I got my H-1B, how long can I remain in America? So if you have, let's assume on October 1st, 19, I got my H-1B. I was paid up till December 1st, 19. My employer told me, oh, you, you'll be fired. I'm like, oh, please don't fire me. But you're fired anyway. So you have 60 day grace. You cannot work for that 60 days, but you have that 60 days to look for a new job to switch to a new H1 or go to a school to get an F1. Another example, October 1st, I got a job, 1-9, I became on payroll. December 1st, my boss said, you're not doing a good job, I'm firing you. That's okay, you still have 60 degrees. Another example, I got a job in October 1st, 1-9, I became a paycheck. November 1st, I'm laid off. So that's, I would think laid off is termination, but the word termination should be there and you still get 60 day grace. Another example, if I quit, I hate my job. Oh my gosh, I couldn't get up in the morning. I'm very sick from it. I'm very depressed. It doesn't matter. You could be depressed. You could go see a doctor. You have no grace, which means that before you quit, you need to apply to school to get a new I-20, you need to go get a medical tourist visa, you need to do something before you quit. Because the last thing you need is you quit, your boss, your employer will have the immigration lawyer write immigration a letter, say revoking your H-1. The day the H-1 is revoked or the day you lose your paycheck, you have no more status in America, no grace. When you have a H-1B, what happened if my employer give me a promotion? I'm assuming your promotion means that you get paid more money and you're doing a promoted job, which means your core competence is the same. If you're a professor in a law school, you're promoted to a dean. So you are still a professor, but you're a dean. If you're an investment analyst, you're promoted. So you manage a team of investment analysts or you're still a senior investment analyst, then you can maintain the H1. So what happened if I'm an investment analyst my employer now promote me into a team manager of accounting analyst. Then you need an H-1B or new H-1B because the, the core competence of the job is different. So the LCA is different. Or what happened if my employer moved me to another location to work? Or it's an agency job where I'm working in third country third, third country, third city locations. Then you need an amended or new H-1B.
All right. So when your boss comes and tell you, oh, I want to promote you, you need to double check what's my job, where I'd be promoted in the same city or different city. When I'm on a full-time H-1B or part-time H-1B, can I also go to university and take classes? Definitely part-time, one course in the library, one course for ELS is no problem. The next question is, when I'm on H-1B full-time and I'm a highly paid uh, investment analyst that makes like, I don't know, $80,000 an hour, 80000 US dollars, an hour, dollars an, a year, or can I go to school full-time? The answer is yes. As long as you fulfill the H-1B PI file, prevailing wage, location, and you don't have to go to New York to take the full-time course of study, it's just avoid the common sense fraud because a lot of times the employer, my father's friend, helped me file an H-1B and then he pays me low wages and now I take full-time course of study. So that's not right, all right? So use your common sense, but you could definitely go to school on a full course of study when you're on the H-1B. But think before you act because I don't want you to become illegal. Anytime you do something out of what your lawyer told immigration or your boss told immigration, you became out of status. Difficult it is to get an H-1B. And what do I have to do to get my H-1B? Aside from what the boss have to sign, all right? It's not difficult to get H-1B. The only reason why it's becoming more and more difficult is because in the olden days, we look at a professional job, teacher, lawyers, doctors, it's automatic H-1B. Now they ask you a lot of RIB. I've actually clients who asked for, who has been asked from immigration for three RFBs. What's an RFB? It's response for additional information. They give you 90 days to respond, but as you and I know, you're stuck because you want to start working on that October 1st. So the answer is it's not difficult to get H-1B, but immigration now is not exercising discretion, which means that they'll ask. If you're a budget analyst, financial analyst, if your degree is an accountant, or a, but you're not a CPA, they will ask questions. And they'll ask generally how many people in your company have degrees of the same kind, what kind of salaries are they making. So a lot of private information that your boss probably doesn't want. Ask us questions below. Reach us in our web or, or ask, just ask because we, we try to really answer your questions. Sometimes we couldn't answer every single question, but we do whatever we can and we'll teach each other how to do better. And have a very nice day. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Immigrant's Way. We hope it was helpful. Get in touch on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter or our website, imwong.com and let us know if we can help you with your immigration needs. Until next time.